Thank you so much. My name is Enolia Foti, and I'm so happy to be here on Obehi's podcast. And I am so excited to talk to you about travel, since travel has been something that I've dreamed of since I was a little girl. Hello, and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewanfo, and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now, let's get started with this episode. And now that I dare to endeavor on it, so I'd be so happy to share um, my story about travel and how it's impacted not only myself, but my family as uh, growing up and um, how it can impact you in the most positive of ways. Mm, that's very interesting. So um, how did you get to start uh, in traveling? I mean, what is it? The, tell me about it, the initial part of it. So it's funny because my family always traveled around different places, not necessarily around the world, but I grew up in the United States. I was born in, in New York. And one of the things that my family would do, I remember on two occasions, my, my parents just basically saying, Enolia, get your toys. And I would go and I'd get my toys. We'd pile into the car. And before I knew it, we were driving across the country from New York to California and we would stop in every single state and it wasn't a rush job it wasn't anything like that it was like go see the country see the beauty that the country has see the beauty that the states have each one of them bringing their own things so the red rocks of of the west coast in the united states um seeing things that you would never see like certain things stand out the blue hole in some state that we stopped in is just like this blue hole and and you get there it was a bottomless pit blue hole they had put thousands and thousands of feet of of pipe down trying to find the bottom of the blue hole and couldn't and couldn't really <laughs> and those little things just stand out in my mind so and then my aunt was a lieutenant colonel in the air force and so she would send for me she would say you know you know to my mom let let my niece come and stay with me for a little while so i would go and i would meet her all over the united states in different um um locations for the reserves while she was working she was a lieutenant colonel in the nurses division in the air force and so i i loved it i that's where i got the travel bug and um i remember taking my first trip by myself at 12 years old on an airplane um my mother sent me to one of her sisters to then further travel um we went from uh tennis the state of tennessee down to florida and visit disney world so Yes, the travel bug started really, really early with me. <laughs> That's beautiful. And you have remained with it. And that is very important. Because today, of course, we are looking at, at tra uh, travel also from the point of view of business, no? Because you are a professional travel agent. You are going to explain that part to us. And in the community that we are concentrating on, which is the African diaspora community, we are looking for different ways that people can make money. Uh, also, in traveling, there are also a lot of money to be made. So, for this reason, you are going to help us understand which are the dynamics, which are the things you need to do, how can you actually make money from it, so that somebody can get inspired and also say, okay, uh, she is doing it, maybe I can also do it. Now, uh, what is your own area of concentration in traveling? Are you in all of it, or you have some area you are more specialized in? 
So um, I love to travel all over the world. I don't have a specialization. So no, I don't specialize in cruises or anything like that. I really love just the fact that I can get on a plane, I can move, I can travel, and I have a very generalized focus. However, if you wanted to focus, you can take on an area of expertise. So I work for um, a company called IntelliTravel.com, and it is home-based travel. Um, travel. And as a travel professional, I can focus and study on any area of travel that I choose. You are a professional travel agent, so that means that if I wanted to specialize in cruises, if I wanted to specialize in hotel, if I wanted to specialize in a particular location, like, let's say, Africa, or if I wanted to specialize in a particular um, type of travel, which would be, you know, getting to the location that you want to get to by boat or, you know, by plane, then I, I could, in fact, do so. So um, I love working with this particular company because it is a home-based travel. It's coupled with also marketing. And um, you really are your own own student. You are a university student. You do all of your studying online. You do it all at your own pace. And it's, it's just a phenomenal en endeavor to be able to do this from home, at your leisure, um, um, at your own pace. Mm, all right. That's good. That's beginning to be, become more interesting now for people that are at home and they have access to internet. Because I, I look at the internet as a leveler in the the moment you are connected to the grid, of course, you can choose to become just a consumer because they are sending you all these phony card video or somebody is there making noise. You just enjoy and stay there, spend all your time. Or you can also begin to contribute, to make content, connect people. Then you are in business. So the internet actually is a powerful force that we can actually tap into as it were. All right, now, uh, tele-travel. Can you explain how does this company work? Well, IntelliTravel is coupled with a, a company called Planet Marketing. And so you have really two sides to it. You have the Planet Marketing side, which allows you to do network marketing, which allows you to just, if you want to onboard travel professionals, people who are interested in traveling, you can onboard travel professionals. So I would be able to help or assist a person get started in their own travel product. And then the travel agency piece is that I have my own website, intellitravel.enoliafodi.com. And basically what I am able to do is in providing that particular uh, website, if you wanted to establish your own travel and just go on board to intellitravel.enoliafodi.com, you can book your own travel just like you would with Expedia or anybody else, okay? You basically would just be using my portal, my website, and that therefore you could research your hotels, you can research your airfare, you can research your cruises, you can research whatever it is that you want to do. And if you need assistance, I can assist you because you're registering with me. Okay, and then there's the other side of that, which is the actual, I have a trip, I have a group of people who want to travel, will you assist me? You know, will you help me locate the best locations? Will you help me locate, you know, the best airfare? Will you help me locate? And so you can really work at either side that you want to, which is like engage and let everybody utilize your website, which it's always open, mine is open at this point, or you can actually do the work on behalf of the client, depending on what they want. Mm -hmm. All right, the client. How do you get client? Now, somebody say, okay, I want to start uh, this business. 
how do I, how do I get to meet people? Because it's about service, no? You help people to get what they want, then they pay you for that. So you deserve it, no? So how do you get the client? Okay, so they're not paying me for that, okay? What happens is that you work on commission. And so by booking the travel, you get the commission from the travel. And that's the beauty of this work, which is that in order to uh, touch base with clients, I started off with my family, and then I started off with my friends, just announcing to my family and friends that I actually do this travel, handing out my website, and then the other thing you can do is uh, if you have an alma mater, like your school, uh, your previous work, and you know that people are traveling or they want to do that beautiful family reunion or and, and that reunion takes place every year, um, there's the Super Bowl travel, there's all kinds of areas in terms of holidays, companies, corporations that you can engage in to glean clients and just by announcing it and making that contact. So networking and professional networking is everything. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, to, to succeed in a business like this, in the, the travel business, of course, uh, do one need to have any requirement to be able to work in this, in this industry as it were? So in terms of this particular company, it is uh, uh, restricted by location. So you need to be a U.S., um, uh, U.K., Canadian, or uh, uh, I believe it's Mexican uh, resident, okay, because that's where they're based. They're just based out of, out of that, those locations. So in this respect, that's where you would have the restriction you need to be over the age of 18 years old i believe 18 or 21 and um really that's it really it's based on that particular criteria mm -hmm. and the ability to learn yeah <laughs> learning, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's learning. Gonna come to you if you didn't take the time to learn your trade so <laughs> so how did you how did you learn the trade yourself well, see, here's the thing. I travel all over the world. Part of what I do is I hold retreats all over the world. I also would be, pre-pandemic, I was on the road all the time, country to country. It wouldn't be anything for me to go, oh, I'm in New Zealand, let me fly over to Africa and be in Africa and then go, let me go from Africa back to the United States via Europe. So that was my life. And then as a travel professional, I realized that I could also book my own retreats. So why wouldn't I book my own retreats? Why would I go to somebody outside to take care of what I need to set up and everything else for my own work? Since my work is based on travel, based on retreats, based on people traveling to me, you know, why wouldn't I set that up? completely for them so that when I hold a retreat, I'm able to engage in my retreat, engage in the travel, set it all up from beginning to end, and take care of my clients from the time that they leave their door to the time that they get back. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I, before you were uh, making re reference to uh, travel product, something like that, maybe I got it wrong. Is that correct? Or can you say something more about that? What do you mean by travel product? Yeah. Well, you know, it, Planet Marketing, the Planet Marketing, the network marketing side, every network marketing has a product. And um, uh, the networking or Planet Marketing's uh, product is IntelliTravel.com, which is a 30-year-old business based in travel. And what their product is, is 
to attain travel professionals so that travel professionals um, uh, that are home base can establish themselves and work. So that's what I mean by travel product. Mm -hmm. uh, do you also work with uh, uh, maybe uh, cruisers, people that are a kind of, a, okay, I, I work in a hotel for some years, for nearly 10 years. So I see people coming from different parts of the world, um, mm -hmm. sometimes individual, sometimes in group. Are you like also maybe organizing with group? And sometimes you need to accompany these people because at some point, maybe these people don't understand English or the local language where they are going. So they need uh, somebody to, to help them to do the translation. Um, is, it, is, it, is it like that, the kind of work that you do? Well, no, it's, it's in the respect that I would set all of that up. I would make sure that if you needed a translator, that a translator would, be, uh, would accompany the group. Um, as they landed at the airport. And so I would make sure that that's all situated. So it's really the organization and it's really just the establishing of all of the logistics that need to take place for your travel. Mm -hmm. I'm talking of the logistic, how simple is it to, to manage um, the travel industry or to succeed in the travel industry, having to work with clients, uh, maybe, you know, sometimes things do go wrong, no? And you have to deal with them, uh, or maybe it doesn't concern you. After you, you set it up, then you let it go. I don't know. Can you say anything about that? Well, you know, it's not hard to navigate the travel industry when it's something that you love. And here's what I always say. You know, you have to go with your passion. Travel is a passion for me. It's not, it's not just something that I do. It's something that's a part of me. So when you're working with something that's a part of you, it really is just an extension of, of something that you love and it's not work. So for me, it's not work navigating the travel industry. I really enjoy learning about exotic places. I really enjoy learning about new things. So, you know, if I find an exotic cruise that's going through Africa and I've never seen it before, I mean, to me, that's, that's phenomenal. What can I learn? How can I um, encompass this information and how can I share it? So um, it really depends on the individual and it's the effort that you put in and it's the passion that you have. And um, it's really all want to navigate and how much you want to take on and the beauty about this is that you could sign up and really do it for yourself and not have to engage with anybody if you don't want to you could do it for your own travel or you can engage and do it for everyone else and and let your passion take you as far as you want to go to navigate and to glean the information it's all there all you have to do is sift through it everything is there it is so powerful to have all of this information at your fingertips. You know, a lot of people think that Airbnb is the only thing, but Airbnb is not the only particular company that's out there. There's Beds Online, there's, there's so many companies that do what Airbnb do. And to be able to have this information at your fingertips is huge. You know, if you are a cruiser and you love different cruises, oh my gosh, there's so many different cruise lines that you can specialize in. And not only specialize in, you can get certified in it. So to get certified in the actual particular area that you love is, is huge. You can become an expert at it. So, you know, if I wanted to be an expert at Apple Vacations, that's uh, an offshoot of American Airlines, I can be an expert in that. It depends on what you do. And as you become the expert, the companies will feature you. And they will say, go to this person because they know everything. And not only that, 
the companies will go so far as to allow you to vacation on their properties. They hold special vacations just for the travel agents so that you can encounter what it is that you're selling. And that's phenomenal also. So you have all these particulars at your fingertips and you have the ability to travel. You have the ability to travel at cost and not um, at a huge expense because they encourage and want the travel agents to be able to experience these places so that they can sell them better. So it's, it's a huge industry. It's, it's something that is so worth getting into if this is what your love is. All right, great. And uh, do you want to say something about the profitability of this industry? Say maybe, for example, somebody who is beginning to find interest in it because of your explanation so far, uh, yet this person doesn't even know how he's going to make money from it. So can you share any idea on the profitability of the travel industry? Oh my goodness, the travel industry is one of the fastest growing and most consistent industries that there is. So even during the pandemic, people were still traveling. They may not have traveled as much, but there were still a handful of business people that were still traveling. And right now, what happened is that people have been stuck in their houses so much, it's just booming. So it's a billion dollar industry. It's growing and growing and growing, and it has been consistent. There's one thing people will always do. They will always move around. And then the other piece of this thing that people will always do is that they will always want or aspire to be with their loved ones or 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 move around so it is an industry that is consistent and um intellitravel.com did not did not get hurt um during the impact they were still growing during the pandemic i said the impact but i meant the pandemic they did not get impacted by the pandemic they were still growing so it's it's a phenomenal industry to be a part of <laughs> interesting you know and because the people were locked locked down at home how were uh, how were this industry also able to survive it people were not, were not traveling that much but there's a handful of people that were traveling okay it was the common person that wasn't traveling that much but um certain professionals still had to get to where they were going so you know it, it's interesting how dynamics are and the impact on the masses were really for the, 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 the common man, but it, 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 it is amazing to see how professionals still got around. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. Because at least somebody need to take the, even the medicine around now, in time of war, people still move now. Yes, <laughs> because they they're going to have to... <laughs> move. A lot of people are still moving. It's just who's moving. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, in the travel industry, what is the thing that you actually like most? Okay, let's say in your work, what do you like most in your in your work within the travel industry? Well, see, you know, that's a loaded question. I'm going to take it back. It's it's travel is important. Travel expands your world. Okay, and this is how important it is. I remember that my 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 kids. Um, they entered a program called People to People Student Ambassadorship. And at fifth and sixth grade, my kids started traveling, okay? My, my oldest son in sixth grade went to France and England from um, the United States. And in seventh grade, he went to China. My youngest son at fifth grade went to France, Italy, and Greece. And then um, basically um, when he got into seventh grade, he went to uh, Fiji, New Zealand, and Australia. and when he stood up in sixth grade and talked about the Holocaust and then had been to the Holocaust Museum 
and then had was able to talk about history because he had directly been there, seen it, touched it, went through the stories, went through the museums, went through all of the iterations it actually was to be able to talk about history and what he had learned. This is huge. The impact of that is just phenomenal. So, you know, when you talk about travel and you talk about the travel industry, you're talking about the expanding of your heart, your mind to understand cultures and, and, and history and um, people firsthand through your experiences, through your, your ability to grasp what it is there that you're supposed to see, touch, taste, smell, and hear. You know, it, 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 it impacts all of the senses. So it's not just about the travel industry to me. To me, it's about a love of the world. Does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, sure, it does, it does. No, I was just, I was just thinking, you know, I, I was thinking, because now you are currently in Angola, right? Yes. Uh, now, and the, there is one sector in Africa that I've never been explored at all. It is the travel and tourism industry. Now, because you are there and you see, because you, you made, the, the last episode we did, you did mention of uh, being in safari, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, if I'm mistaken, okay, fine. Now, um, tell me, what opportunity do you see within the area of tourism and travel, looking at Africa in this case? Oh, well, I did talk to you about a safari. So I remember, uh, and see, this is the beautiful thing about travel. Um, I... Uh, connected with a group who arranged travel in Kenya. And um, it was the Great Walk of Africa, and it was sponsored by a gentleman named Alex. And it was walking the east and west Savo parks of Kenya, 100 miles on a walking safari. And I remember training for that safari and, and walking, practicing, 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 because we averaged 10 miles a day, every day for 10 days. And we were able to walk and I saw the most beautiful, beautiful things I could ever see in Africa. It taught me about being one with nature. It taught me to, to let go of my fears of the fact that, you know, animals don't just lurk around looking to, to hunt you. I mean, that's our fear. You know, we actually became one. We were just another herd among the herds across the beautiful plains of the Savo parts. I saw, you know, um, a, a cheetah take down an alligator. I was 30 feet from, you know, a herd of elephants. I, I was, you know, 40 feet from a pride of lions. I mean, things that I would never have done. And this is what travel brings you, you know? Um, it was one of the most beautiful places, Egypt. Phenomenal, phenomenal to be able to see the temples uh, across the board and to be able to, you know, see the original texts and see, you know, the carvings and the buildings and the temples. And, and there's an the energy about the land that you could never explain to anyone, you know, to be there and see, like, let's say the white lions of Africa in South Africa, okay, or to experience the Amazonian jungle you know, um, in Brazil. I mean, these are all places on the earth that are unforgettable. So you talk about the motherland. 
Um, I remember going to Cape Verde and I remember seeing the first tribe, um, the Rubalarte, that was not impacted by colonization and being able to go on their land and sit with them and learn from them and see their art and work with them. And they chose to leave and learn about what's going on in the outside world, but was not physically impacted by the colonization. Um, these, these moments are priceless. They're priceless. So the motherland, motherland has a ton to offer. And Senegal, Senegal to see all of the beautiful women walking around in their traditional clothing, they still hold on to traditional clothing. And to me, traditional clothing is so beautiful. I love traditional clothing. The African traditional dresses, the women look like queens. Every single woman looked like a queen. And then, but yet you go to Morocco and it's vastly different. So all of these locations are there. They're waiting to be explored. They're waiting to be seen, touched. There's so much richness in the culture. And there's so much richness in understanding the tribe and how the woman, the Himba women, you know, who are bare-breasted and, and, you know, still bare-breasted and in their traditional clothing in Namibia and being able to sit with them and speak with them. And, and understand and how they took pride in, in their attire and their dress and, and, and their culture and everything unaffected by today's standards. Today, still bare-breasted, is beautiful. So, you know, that whole uptight, conservative, oh, it's gotta be this way, oh, every T's not crossed, every I's not dotted when you come in from the States. You know, to see that here is what it feels like to live uninhibited. It's not apples to apples comparison. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that. I, I, I think that is really um, a huge opportunity in the African tourism industry. Uh, also for the fact that it is linked, to, it is linked directly to history. Because it's about exploration of the past. If it has not happened, then it cannot be there. If you are going to Egypt, it because something is there. If you are going to Namibia, it because something is there. And this thing doesn't necessarily have to be just the upstairs, the story building. It's the human being, the interaction between man and nature. And these have been thousands of years. Now, the question I have for you. How can we begin to tap into these resources? We are talking of the organization now. Because all these, the, the natural resources, they are there. What the people need to see in tourism, are, are, are they available? How do we make value out of it so that you can get somebody to pay for it because you take the person around? I'm looking at the way ordinary people can make money in, in, in this tourism area in Africa. So, wow, that's, that's a loaded question. Um, First of all, to me, every person casts their net a, a, a little bit differently. Some people, and when I say this, some people, you know, they grow up and the furthest they cast their net is around their immediate family. Other people grow up and the furthest they cast their net is around their community. And then other people grow up and they cast their net around their state or their country. I was one of those people who grew up and I cast my net around the world. And so you won't know what you're missing until you travel and you see other alternatives. How far do you cast your net? And then when you cast your net that far, what is your passion? 
And then if your passion happens to be travel tourism, it's about getting the word out. People love stories. People love history. If you tell a compelling story about the history and the worth and the value and the understanding of a certain location, people want to know what that is. They will come. They will visit. But if you just say, you know, okay, it's here, come see me, that there, there's no, nothing compelling you to come see. You know, every location I could tell you about, I can tell you the compelling story that moved me to want to be there. So if people want to do things that are based in Africa, they have to share that compelling story and they have to get the word out. All right, that is very interesting. I'm just thinking about it. Uh, sharing the compelling story. So what we are saying here now is that the people really do have the possibility of able to create this story and profit from it. Take a look at, for example, the ancient Zimbabwe. I don't know how much Zimbabwe government is actually making from it. I know that they do profit from it, but they really should be profiting from it even much more. No? Uh, talk of maybe, for example, the Asian the telephone conversation I was having before just now was I was talking with uh, a woman in UK uh, who has been working uh, within the area of uh, the Benin artifacts, some of which have been taken to the British Museum and many other parts of the world. So we were talking of the conversation of how to return those artifacts back home. But it's not just to return them back home just to stay, it's to create a museum, to create places that people can go to visit. Then you pay a small ticket there. At the end of the day, the, the Benin uh, people can then begin to profit from it because the money will be going around. Then uh, you, you can organize a bar, a hotel, because people are coming from Abuja or from other parts of the world. They cannot come and go. They will need to stay. Because there is a lot of things going around. Just to give you uh, a more clearer example of this, uh, you know, the country Italy profits a lot from tourism. The city where I love, I am, for example, which is Verona, profit a lot from tourism, from people that are coming just to visit the, the site of Romeo and Juliet, for example. Even though it's a fictitious story by many, by many uh, people, a lot of thousands of people still come every year to visit the place. Now, what is happening around this place? By the time you come, you see that there is a hotel that is named after Romeo and Juliet. That is giving job to the local people. Now you see small tailor that are just designing something, Romeo and Juliet are giving to you. That is money. Now you see restaurant open near to the place. That is money. What is the connection between history, storytelling, and tourism, and travel as it were? Well, if you think about that, when you think of uh, Zimbabwe, what do you think of? You think of the Victoria Falls, right? And really, what is the story of the Benin people? What did they go through? How did they live? What is the story of these artifacts? Why were they used? What were they constructed from? And what were there? And talk about the heart of the Benin. Talk about the heart of the turmoil that they went through, the survival that they went through, how they stood the ground, what their, their belief system was, what, what, what is their belief system to this day? How can I tour the Benin people? How can I learn from them? How can I see where they lived? How can I see how they lived? How can I see what they created? What are the artifacts that they created? How does it come to be? 
what is their storyline? Because see, Africans are different than Europeans in the respect that we talk about our storyline orally and then we hide it. We don't tell our storyline. We keep it for those who are in the ancestry. So what is it that we're willing to share to tell the story of the Benin people such that people would want to come out? And I, this is very, very interesting in, in the respect that you're saying that because as Africans, we tell a storyline and the storyline has always been oral and the storyline has only been shared among the elders and those who were chosen for that storyline. And then a lot of that history gets lost, right? So this is just something that has to be looked at by the people if they really want to engage others that are outsiders to come and engage them. It's funny because I'm working with the Kiros Indians of Peru right now and um, they do their weavings and they are very, very much, because they are in the highest uh, portion of the Andes that, that um, any culture has ever lived in, um, they're, they're, they're in the clouds. They're not closest to the clouds. You know, every morning you get up there, you're in the clouds. And their weavings talk about their cosmology. And they are all shaman, right? No one in the Kiros Indian isn't born that isn't a shaman. So you're raised a shaman from the moment that you are born all the way up. They're very spiritual people. And people are drawn to them from all over the world. And in working with the Kiros Indians Peru, I happen to be inducted into their lineage also. Um, one of the things that they wanted to do is they wanted to get their weavings out. They wanted to share with people how they live, what it's like living there. And so um, Andean Spirit is, uh, andeanspirit.org is their website, um, created a website, and they do tours. They do tours of their own land to say, here's our people, here's what we produce, here's how we produce it, here's how we do things the old way, and they keep their traditions. Okay, so here you are, you know, the highest elevation you could do, you walk 100 feet and you're breathless. I mean, they are high elevation and they're still barefoot. And, you know, they don't have 30 different sets of outfits to wear. They wear their traditional clothing at all times. And so do their children. You know, they live off of alpaca, they live off of the land. And these are the things that people have gone, gone to visit them and the people want the spiritual aspect of this. They go to pray with them, they go to do ceremony with them, they do a, a thing called the despacho. And the despacho is this beautiful prayer that connects motherland with your prayer. They call uh, mother, the motherland Pachamama. And so in that spirituality, in those prayers and, and all of the things, they give thanks to Pachamama and they connect your prayers in your heart with the, the, the earth. And so you can get tours to visit this. So this is a simple people, a very, very simple people. And by the way, Andean Spirit can be attained off of my website because I want to help promote that. I would love to do that for mother, the motherland, Africa. But these are the people who have come together to say, you know what, times are hard. We need people. We need tourists here. And there are many people like myself who are more than willing to help, more than willing to help get the word out. So the whole thing is, what's the story of the Benin people? Get the word out. Focus on those artifacts and get the word out. Share the story of the, the, the Benin people. And then, you know, what are the Benin people willing to do to invite outsiders into their world? 
there's still locations here in Angola where um, I remember going to Calakembe and I was the first Westerner ever seen. There's still locations where outsiders have not been seen. So it has to be an invitation. For, no matter who it is or where it is, it has to be an invitation. They've got to want that invitation. All right. I, I point out something in your explanation, in the initial of your response to this particular question, no? which is that our storytelling, the way that we formulate it in most of the cases, we uh, keep it very reserved. You know? mm -hmm. I think this is coming from ancient, ancient part of Africa. Mm -hmm. Even among the Egyptians, knowledge was not just for everybody like right. that. That's correct. It's a kind of a initiation. You sort of got to be qualified to get this knowledge. It was reserved for certain class of people. That's right. So even when it comes to these stories and this telling of our story, <clears throat> we look up, we look at it as okay, it's reserved for certain people. But what if we become more open for more people so that we can benefit from it, so that more people can be because if you don't talk about it, other people will not know. And if nobody knows except you, then this whole idea of Africa have no history, they begin to have root because other people don't know. So looking at it, looking at tourism, looking at learning our history with, of course, all the, all the elements that are added to it. Because remember what I was saying before now, that it's not just people coming to see a place now, but that because people are coming, those that are coming are going to need a place to stay so that they can visit this place. So you are creating jobs. Yes. Now, you are making a t-shirt with the name of the place, you are creating job. Yes. So, if we don't tell this story, people will not come. If people will not come, the restaurant cannot work, the hotel cannot work, those that are pretty book will not work because there is no debate, there is no argument of what that place really is. I'm not contesting anything, so it doesn't really exist for me. So, do you think we could have a different way of approaching this issue of storytelling and tourism maybe in Africa in a way that it can benefit the local people? I believe that it really depends on the elders and I really believe that it depends on the youth. You know, um, when I do my homework, I look at people like Credo Mutwa of Vinishwatu. Um, he went against the elders and he talked about the things that were in and within the oral history and he was literally uh, pushed out and so it's got to be from the heart of the people and the heart of the elders they've got to be want, willing to want to share the stories because when i look at when i look at credu and how he lived his life and how he was shunned you know he was sanusi of sanusis he he was like he was the shaman of shamans and um the elders were not happy with him and he wrote three books that shared the oral history and the oral stories that they felt were like should not be out there. It, it has to come from them. It is not even for me to say, are they ready or not? It has to come from the people, you know? And really it, it, it depends on the youth because the world is changing even though the ancient traditions have not. And it's up to the elders and the youth to find that balance and what they're willing to share. You know, there were a group of women called the 13 Indigenous Grandmothers Council who were all the medicine women 
And um, I, use medicine, I use medicine women in the term that they were the women selected in their community to lead their community and to take care of their community from a spiritual and physical perspective. And so they fulfilled a prophecy and they basically said, it's time to let some of this information out that if we hold on to every single thing like we always have been, it will die with, these, with, with, with the elders and it will be lost forever. And they actually made a conscious choice to start educating people and allowing people inside and outside of their community to learn their ways and to learn some of this knowledge. And um, people traveled all over the world to, to visit these women's communities and to visit these women in the far reaches, some in, 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 the, in the middle of the jungles of, of the Amazon, some in Malaysia, some in you know the Himalayas. I mean, all over the world, they were fascinated. They, they wanted to know more. They attracted people from all over the world. It's about the story. It's about what you're willing to share of your history and of yourself. And I'm just giving a few seconds to digest uh, so that people can digest the information because it is important. Because here now we are touching the root cause of some of also our tragedies. In that uh, if you don't know where you are coming from, if you don't know your history, you are bound to suffer. You, are, you deserve to suffer. And now there are And I would also go so far as to say that you're bound to repeat it again. Okay, thank you for that. Because now... Uh, there is a disconnection, not only between the Africans and the African diaspora. Even within Africa, there is a disconnection, a generational disconnection. In that there are a lot of knowledge in Africa. The way of transmitting the knowledge, there have been a disconnection in it. So that at a point, this knowledge just go missing. I understand that we have suffered a lot of different things, no? But we must look for a way to conserve our knowledge and also to share. Because this life, we are supposed to live it together. Of course, not only the Africa in this sense, all of us, look at the technology that we are using now. This Zoom, I'm connecting with you. Yes. The person who designed this one, make it possible so that we can all share. Right. I believe that this is how the African knowledge should also be for humanity, not only for the African people. How can we begin to tap more into this? Because now, we are looking at it from the point of view of tourism, you know, mm -hmm. attracting people to this area so that they can know that they have a lot of data value in it. And by making it this way, the local people can benefit from me, those who are preparing food, those who are sewing clothes, those who are preparing artifacts, because that is really a lot of money, I believe. There is a lot of money in it. This, I, this, let me, let, me, let yeah. me just comment on that, that little bit for you. So there are the younger generation that does have the idea, like for example, I just went to a kickoff to a group of three young men who um, just started their own business. And guess what they started? They started their own business by saying, you tell the stories, we'll write them down. If you want to preserve the story of your father, just call us in and we'll write it down and we'll put it in the correct English and we'll record it and we'll create a book out of it. Just call us. They are monetizing 
the very thing that you're talking about. And they just started their business. They just kicked it off here in Angola. I wish I could remember the name of the company. I want to share that with them because I was so proud of them. I was so proud of them. There are many, many stories to be told. I remember with being with my fiance and speaking with his elder and recording the conversation because we didn't want that knowledge to be lost. What he went through, and he went through the colonization of Angola and when the Portuguese came and what he suffered through and going into the, concent the, the, the concentration camps, the slave camps that the, the Portuguese had. I mean, we captured what he went through, how he felt, what he had to get through to, to, to leave, to survive. All of those things are important. They're so important. And then the fact that this, this group of young men was like, do you have a book to write? We'll write it for you. Just tell us, you know? Do you have, you know, a, a parent you want to interview? We'll interview, we'll capture everything. We'll put it in the right wording for you. We'll, we'll tell the story for you and we'll do it and we'll capture it. And this is what we charge to do it. There is find the gap and fill the need. Find the gap and fill the need. That's what we have to do. Those boys you made mention of, that is the responsibility that all of us need to do. We all must feel a hole in our society. We must feel a certain that this is my job, not their job my responsibility that's right what can i do this way we can also make money from it it is it is legitimate yes it is very much so and it preserves the history and it's something that we need we need to hold on to those stories we need to know what our parents did and then what we would find out is what drives us and why we're driven so much my family has always traveled always traveled and I didn't realize that and those very stories I wish that somebody would have captured the stories of my parents because my mom had me at 48 years old okay so by the time I was 21 my father died and by the time I was 30 my mother died and all Sorry of those about stories that. were lost all of those stories and that's why I was so driven to find out about my own traditions and wanting to travel the world and wanting to this and by the time I was um, in my 40s all of my mother's siblings had passed away and my father's siblings had passed away except one and then my, my mother's last sibling died in um, uh, what was it when I was 50 so all of that history is gone and then, you know, as my boys grow up, I have two beautiful young men and they go, well, what about our family? What can I say to them? What can I say to them except here's the stories I remember? It would be beautiful to be able to say here, here's your history. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Now we come to uh, an important part of it, which is the organization of the idea. Because like I was saying before, everything is available. In this world, everything is available. I think somewhere, I don't know where I have written it, that we really are not doing anything new. Nothing can be destroyed. Everything is accounted for, even to a grain of sand. Nothing yes. can be missing in this world. Yes. But we can only transform, and we can only transform things. That's so, right, because the only thing that's yes. constant is change. <laughs> so, talking of this transformation of 
uh, idea, this information that are actually there, they are there, they are available, we can see that they are there. How can we, is it that we are lacking the possibility of able to transform them? Where do you really see the, the lacking here now, so that we can encourage people to go in there and make money in this tourism, in this storytelling business? Because we are in the world of content creation today. That is what actually my company is dedicated on. We help people to create content. But first of all, we need to let you know why you even need to do it. So where do you think we are lacking here? Is it in the organization of this idea? We don't know how to do it. That we are not maybe tapping more into our tourism industry in Africa? You know, that's a really loaded question because it is my understanding and my belief. And I'm, I'm just going to be very, very honest here. People do not value what they have to say themselves. People don't value their own story. And if you don't see the worth in your own story, then you don't see the worth in promoting or going after something that, that, that you would be driven to do. When, it, when you look at how to prosper, it starts with self. You have to understand that what you bring to the table is of value. What your ideas and thoughts and what you want to formulate to just state and then to bring forward and package and then create based on what you've thought of is of value. It starts there. If you don't believe in yourself and if you don't trust yourself, and if you don't believe that what you're delivering is of value, because what you have to say is of value, then who else is going to believe that from you? It starts with you. It starts with the fact that you have to be motivated. And this is what I teach. Because if I don't share with you a passion about travel and a passion about how this is phenomenal to expand my world, the stories that I have to tell, how they've impacted my life, how they've shifted me as an individual, why would you dare to even look at my direction to say, oh, yeah, this she, I heard her talking that stuff. Really, it was just really bland stuff. I have to show that passion. I have to believe in it. And I do with all my heart. And then that inspires the next person. And that motivates the next person. They see me and they go, wow, I'm really motivated. I want to go after that. I want that. But it starts with them. There are people here who have brilliant ideas, but because they don't believe in themselves, nobody's believing in them. And it's just like you wanting to speak with me. You're like, oh, I heard about that travel and I heard a little bit of passion. I want to come back and I want to talk to you about travel, right? But if you didn't hear that passion, you would have went on to the next person. You were already gone to the next person. We have to emote that passion. We have to trust what it is that we bring to the table. I bring value when I talk about travel. I know this because that's how passionate I am about it. So if therefore you want to bring something other to the table than just your, your podcast, because I know you're a passionate podcast, I can tell in your questions, right? And other things that you're passionate about, well, I'm going to look at you and how you handle the podcast and say, well, I'm interested here. Talk to me. Talk to me about some of the other things that you do. What's going on with uh, the Benin tribe? 
you know, how can we help? How can we work with you with, with the artifacts? Because you're passionate about what you do and you, you feel that there's value here. Therefore, you know, I'm feeling your vibration of that value and that passion. How can I help you? That's, right? that's, that's interesting. All right. Now looking at the transformation, <laughs> what do you think has changed over the years? Because the world is not always the same. No, things are changing. Technologies are coming up and all of that. Since when mm -hmm. you started in the travel industry and today, what, what would you say has changed in the way that we operate? Well, you know, we, we expect people to do a lot more for themselves and everything is self-serve. I mean, I, I grew up, I'm old school, right? I grew up where you used to call a travel agent and a travel agent, you know, you sat down, you told them everything you wanted to do and they worked right there in front of you and they brought it all together. And now people don't want that. They want to do things themselves. They want to self-serve. They want to make sure everything is done themselves. And then a handful of people will ask for assistance. So it's changed. Technology has changed such that it's put everything right in your own lap and in your own hand and you can control as much of it as you want or as little of it as, as you want you just make up your mind to do so mm -hmm. now from your point of view as a travel agent yourself mm -hmm. is it changes the technology more advantageous for you does it make it easier for you to run the business or is it is it, is it worse compared to how it was before it's easier in the respect that you have everything at your fingertips. You have access to people, you have access to places. You can remote view things from where you're standing right here. I can take a look, I can, I can see it virtually and understand what it brings to the table. Um, I can communicate with people all over the world without hesitation and set things up. It's, it's powerful. It's very, very powerful and it does make it easier. Mm -hmm. All right, now we were talking of uh, some, some boys in, in Angola who have started to do this storytelling, yeah. uh, which of course is, I find it to be very interesting. Uh, of course, I know that in some other, in many other parts of Africa, there are these young people that are coming, that are, you know, there is lack of job for many young people in Africa. The population is really exploding, say in Nigeria, for example. So, so not all of them are going to be really waiting for the government. I know that. There are some that are coming up with different ideas or how to do things. Yeah, they might have some limitation, but they are not stopping. That is the spirit of human being. So say maybe there are some individuals who have come up with an idea or how to tap into the tourism industry. What do you think they can benefit from people like you uh, who are already professional, you are already seated on it, where yeah. seated? How can they benefit from your service? So um, I, I think that they can benefit from this service by use of it, <laughs> but also looking at the model that's set up, right? Because why create from, from scratch when you can look at a model that works and then st start your own business? See, that's why, you know, the pandemic, what the pandemic did is that it started creating entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial work means that you have creativity in how you bring in your own passive income, right? So, you know, some people are starting from scratch and they're trying to build all the way up, but you can take a look at some frameworks and some models, know that they work, and then instead of starting from scratch, recreate what already works, except do it within your own passion. So those things are important. You know, there's a lot of things that are already established. Do your homework do your homework why you know recreate something that's already established and um 
you leverage that framework and and get started in what it is you want to get started in but you have to do it on a foundation that's solid rock solid so that means believe in yourself believe in yourself do your homework educate yourself and go after what it is that you want go after what is it that you want that is important all right yeah. now um say somebody want to connect with you in your travel business no uh, share with them Tell them what you offer and how they can connect with you. You can connect with me on my website at enolia.live. And on my website, what you will find is that I have halfway down, it'll say retreats. If you select retreats, it'll take you directly to my travel site. If you want to utilize my travel at um, uh, Enolia Fodi at IntelliTravel, it'll take you directly into my travel website. If you want to connect with me, if you want to get coached with me, I'm happy to say that on the 23rd of April, I will be doing an informational on this very thing with four of my, my dear sisters, uh, Bukeka Blakemore, by which is one of the people that you've met, um, and um, three others that are in the travel industry and business as I am. And we will do, be doing an informational on this very topic um, and opening the doors to other people who might be interested in being a professional travel agent. And if you go to my Facebook site and if you look under Enolia Fodi or Enolia, that's E-N-O-L-I-A, you'll find me on Facebook, okay? I'm wearing a beautiful blue and yellow dress you can't miss me the picture is the same or a black dress and um uh connect with us and sign up and learn more about the program i'd be happy to share with you you can also just messenger me so, oh right yeah you know yeah now how can somebody get started as a travel agent so again that would be the sign up of this very program we're going to be sharing that we're going to be sharing everything how you can get started what it will take um, what the impact would be of the type of studies that you need to do and how you can leverage it. To terminate the, the episode today, what would be your final message, your final statement as it were? My final message would be that if the world is something that you would like to explore, by all means, go with your passion, explore it. Maybe you've wanted to travel, but you just didn't know how to go about traveling this is an opportunity to explore that you can do your own personal travel then you can help others to travel and so not only are you impacting yourself in the most positive of ways but you're impacting others so open that door allow that door to open for you explore step through and if it's something that you love embark and if it's something that you don't like you can always step back and close the door but dare to take the challenge and take a peek in the box. Jay Nolia, thank you so much for the conversation. It has been a pleasure on my part. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead Ewafo. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.